Katie, there are a bunch of props on the table. Well, we're going to do a little experiment here. You're listening to Linear Digressions. And I am really excited about this. What is this about? There's two pieces of paper on the table. You're holding a pen and there's a a quarter as well. Yeah, so we're going to start with an experiment. I have a hypothesis and I want to test it out on you. Then once we've done it, assuming that I'm correct, I will tell you why I did this. Or if I'm wrong, I'll tell you why I did it anyway. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So here's what I want you to do. I have two pieces of paper and I have a coin. And what I want you to do is first, before you touch the coin, I want you to take one of the pieces of paper and the pen. And I want you to imagine that you are flipping a coin, uh, let's say 30 times. Okay. And I want you to write down a sequence of heads and tails that you think you would get from flipping a coin 30 times. Okay. All and right. I, I'm going to turn around and I promise not to look so I don't know which one uh, is the one that you're making up right now. Because I'm going to have you make a real sequence in a second, but I want you to do this first. Am I, am I writing all 30 right now? Yeah. Okay. Five minutes later. Okay, cool. Now I'm going to have you very tediously repeat that. Now with a real coin. Is this on the, the second piece of paper? Or am I yeah, so then that way it's a little bit harder for me to know which one is which, because I'm going to try to guess. Okay. We'll speed up time and skip this, I yeah. think. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> I, I promise there's a payoff. This is hard work. 25 minutes later. Whew. All done? That took a really long time. Took like four minutes. Okay. <laughs> it felt like a really long time. All right. So I have two pieces of paper. All right. Here you go. I promise I do not know which one is which. And I'm going to look at this and try to guess which one is the one that you made up and okay. which one is the one that's real. All right. Oh, man. You're good at this. I'm going to guess that this is the real one. You're wrong. Really? Okay. You're really good at this. <laughs> so what I was looking for is... Well, first of all, what what are you... You were trying to figure out, am I... Am I a good random number generator? Yeah, that's basically. effectively what you're what you're going for. Humans in general are not. And I had an advantage in oh, this case. Oh, did you really? What? Because I am actually a robot. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, I did have an advantage because I happen to know that humans are really bad number generators, and I also happen to know that humans tend to. Um, tend to not do long streaks. Oh, you so beat like, me to my own hypothesis, Ben. <laughs> Come on, man. So like, if you say, you know, what, what what would a random coin flip be? Very rarely would any human who doesn't already know about this bias, would they do, you know, heads, heads, tails, heads, tails, 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 tails. Because it feels like, God, that's really improbable. But it's not actually, it's, it seems improbable to us, but we're really bad at number generation. Right. Random number generation. Uh, I, to our listeners out there, I swear I did not tell Ben about this. I was really hoping to be the smart one here who was explaining <laughs> all of this. I win, I uh, win. But I've been foiled again. Uh, yeah, you explained it perfectly. So humans, as it turns out, are really bad at generating what they think are strings of random numbers for exactly the reason that you said is that they tend to not go on runs of you know repeating the same thing over and over as many 
times as as uh, real random numbers would. And humans have another disadvantage, which is that we're um, sometimes pompous about our own abilities. Like humans are not necessarily very good logic machines. Mm-hmm. And yet we tend to just ignore the fact that we have these cognitive biases. We assume that we're in control of our lives. We assume that we understand things like randomness when the reality is that machines are just way better and we're very we follow very consistent patterns. Oh, that's pretty deep, Ben. I mean, I don't know if we should get into all of that today, but <laughs> I was going to do something that was much simpler actually. Oh, okay, well, so let's let's go So let's go, go back. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So we're stretching time a lot in this episode. I was flipping coins for a long time. So I'm going to stretch it a little bit further. I'm going to go back to 2008 right now. Okay. Um, and in 2008, I don't know if you remember, there was a presidential election that was going on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very famously. Um, that was and seven years ago. Yes. Just in, for those of us who are listening to us in the far future. <laughs> okay, so. Right. Presidential election. That's right. And uh, during that time, there's a a statistician who's very famous right now. His name is Nate Silver. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was one of the first people to really dig into the statistics of um, understanding all the different polls that are going into, you know, predicting who's going to be the president and combining those in a kind of statistically rigorous way. He did a really good job of um, making accurate models of how to combine those polls, using them to come up with predictions, and also to make those predictions kind of accessible to people. Like he maintained um, a very, a very entertaining, very readable blog, and now has has gone on to great fame and fortune, sort of as a result of the exposure that he first got in two thousand and eight. Mm-hmm. So I was reading recently uh, about the combinations that he did of the different polls, and so the idea is that you have many different polls that are put out by different organizations. And there's differences in the types of people that the polls reach, like some of them look for uh, registered voters, some of them look for likely voters, some of them might have uh, different compositions of different socioeconomic groups mm-hmm. or racial groups or something like that. And so everybody then tries to sort of correct back to what they think the overall electorate looks like so that you can take your sort of biased poll and get a more generalized result of who you think the president's going to be. Because you really can't take a single poll of everybody. Well, you can't. It's called an election. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a bit. That's a really good point. Um, yeah, so so I was reading through Nate Silver's uh, deconstruction of the way that he was combining all of these polls, and he assigned to each poll a different weight that depended on how long ago the poll was released, um, whether it was put together by... Um, an independent journalist or maybe uh, one or the other partisan organizations or it had maybe certain a reputation for being biased one way or the other. So he wanted to take all of this into account and sort of correct for that when he was combining them all. And one of the things that he mentioned was that one of the polls he threw out entirely because of a lawsuit. And I was like, oh, that's very interesting. And so I sort of clicked around through the links. Uh-huh. And this is the story that I want to tell you. And this is why I started with this thing about people being bad at making up distributions. Oh, this is really... I have no idea where this is going. Well, so, so this poll was thrown out because of a lawsuit. Yes. So there was a polling company. It was called Research 2000. And Research 2000 had been paid a lot of money by Daily Coast to... Is it Coast or Coast? Daily Coast. I, I Daily don't know. Coast. That website. Right. Daily I'm gonna call it. <laughs> I'll call it Daily Coast and then we'll get an email. So... Uh, so Daily Coast pays Research 2000 
a whole bunch of money to basically call a bunch of people every day or every other day, compile a bunch of results, and then Daily Coast has this poll that they can then analyze and they write pieces about and whatever. Okay. Then in 2009-2010, after the election, there were three amateur statisticians who were taking a sort of close look at some of these poll numbers. Uh, The names of the statisticians were Mark Grebner, Michael Wiseman, and Jonathan Wiseman. Mm -hmm. And they noticed some very strange patterns that were going on in the numbers of the polls that any one of these, any one of the sort of polling instances didn't look that weird. But as you started to look at the entire distribution of the polls that were coming out, there were some things that did not look like they were actually coming from the random sampling, the sort of patterns that you get from random sampling. Were they fabricated? It's not clear whether they were fabricated. So like I said, there was a lawsuit and the lawsuit was settled um, and the person who was um, in charge of Research 2000 ended up paying a bunch of money to Daily Coast. So it it sort Mm -hmm. of implies that that there was something going on there, um, yeah, but yeah. I'm not sure if he ever really like admitted what was going on. It's funny though because <laughs> it's really hard when you look at these patterns. Some of them it's it's a little bit obvious maybe how they could have been faked by a person. Some of them are just weird patterns. Mm-hmm. So let me give you an example. So here's a table. This is a listing of politicians mm-hmm. and their favorable and unfavorable rating and they're undecided, broken down between men and women. Do you notice any? patterns here. It's a subtle pattern, but I'm wondering if you see it. I'll give you a hint. It has to do with the pattern of even numbers and odd numbers. Oh, there are a lot more even numbers than odd numbers, it looks like. Keep going. In fact, it looks like the men, well, the men and the women are always the same evenness or oddness. Exactly. Always. Which is, that doesn't make any sense because they don't add up to 100%. I'm looking now at the favorable rating for Obama. Okay. Men are 43%, women are 59%. Mm -hmm. These are both even numbers. The 43 and the 59 should be independent of each other. Oh, they should be, yeah, because men men and women, this is polling different. Yeah, and... If you go all the way down, all of them are either even or they're odd. Both of them are even or both of them are odd. So that's really strange. Yeah, very strange. These two um, supposedly independent uh, independent pieces should actually should be. Why are they correlated in that way? Well, it's really strange. They never are in real life. So just just to make it totally clear. Um, so let's use this example of 43 and 59. Uh What we're saying is the fact that 43 and 59. These are both odd numbers. In and of itself, this isn't strange, right? There's a 25% chance that they both be even. There's a 50% chance that one of them be even and one of them be odd, because there are two different ways that that can happen. And there's a 25% chance that they can both be odd. So so any one of these is fairly likely. Yeah, it's a 50% chance that they'll be the same. Right, but if you look at this table, there's eight times three, there's 24 different pairs in this table. Every single one of them adheres to this pattern of them both being even or them both being odd. So now you're talking about the chances of something like that happening is you have something like 25% raised to the power of 24. Or or 50% that they'll be the same but still raised. Yeah, so there's a little bit of, a, of some combinatorial There's some wiggle forth. room, but, but it's... We're talking about something times 10 really, to the minus. They did the calculation. Yeah, it says the odds are less than 1 in 10 to the 231. Yeah, because not just for this table, but they looked at many, many tables like this. Oh, okay. 
So there are many more, or there are many fewer than 10 to the 231 atoms in the universe, right? <laughs> this is something that would never happen if this were a legitimate poll. Super sketchy, right? That's, that's I don't even understand how, how, like, unless it was faked in some way, and there was some kind of correlation that wouldn't actually happen in real life, this doesn't make any sense. So, so the thing that's crazy about it to me is that with this, well, we'll talk about a couple other sort of red flags in this data set in a second, but the thing that is crazy about this is I think about the ways that you can generate like pseudo random numbers as a person, like trying to make it look random. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that I can think of that you would put into an algorithm that could make it look like this particular pattern, That's right? really strange. So like one of the patterns that you can get out of a random number generator is that it can alternate between evens and odds. And so all mm -hmm. the numbers look very different, but it's, it's very reliably even, odd, even, odd. If something like that were going on, then that would make a lot more sense to me than this mm -hmm. particular type of matchup. Now I'm sure obviously there's some way that this can happen, but it's, it's very strange, um, but I'm quite confident that this is not real polling that's going into this. All right, so what else do you got for me? So there are a couple more of these. I'll just talk about them real quickly. The first one is that when you sample from a distribution, sort of in the way that you do when you're running a poll, you expect there to be just sort of random statistical noise. In the same way that if you were to flip a coin 100 times, you would most be most likely to expect 50 heads and 50 tails. Um, you would get 5149 quite often. You get 4852, um, and, and so on down. And but there would be some amount of noise most of the time. Exactly. And so this is kind of the statistical equivalent of saying that I flipped a coin a hundred times and it always went either 49-51, 50-50, or 51-49, right? It, the, the, the spread in the data is far too small given how much uh, data you expect to have there. So that's a pro that, that's one of the other problems in Research 2000's polling data from 2008. Yep. The third one that I want to talk about and the one that uh, inspired me to do this coin flipping exercise was they compared the week over week numbers that were that you get out of this poll. So this might be something like the Obama favorable rating amongst women, you know, this week compared to next week. And so there'll be two numbers and they're supposed to be pretty, you know, we expect them to be pretty close to each other mm -hmm. unless something really dramatic happens, which usually it doesn't. Um, but there'll be a little bit of random noise that if we got 41 last week, we might get, you know, 43 or, 39 or whatever. So this is a distribution that I'm showing you right now of sort of the week by week comparisons that were done by a competing uh, polling group. So what's the, the general like spread of this distribution? Uh, it looks generally like it's between negative five and five with a little outlier around eight. Right. But generally it kind of looks like um, a, a nice curve goes up and goes back down. Yeah, like a bell curve. And the peak mm -hmm. of this is where? The peak of it is right in the middle. Is it zero? What's missing in this plot that came out of Research 2000? Well, notably, the zero is very small. Uh, the negative one and negative three are all the way up around 18, 19, and right in the middle, which should be the peak, is actually five right. number of occurrences. So that's very unusual too. It's a really strange artifact that you wouldn't see in a natural data set. And this is a classic thing that happens when people especially try to emulate a random number. If I say there's some real number of people who like Obama or you know Pelosi or whatever, and then if you were to draw from that distribution several different times, you could get the same number multiple times in a row in the same way that if you were to flip a coin, you could get the same number many times in a row. And in fact, humans have this kind of weird thing where they think it should be a little bit more 
quote unquote random right. than <laughs> randomness actually is. Right. And so that's exactly what's going on here is they're saying like, okay, I'm, I'm speculating here, but like, okay, we said 44 last week. We can't say 44 again because we don't really think that sounds right or it might put someone onto the trail that we're making up yeah, these numbers. Yeah, we certainly can't say it three times in a row. Yeah, so just... When reality so, is that that's right. actually... Yeah, that would, yeah. Right, so they're like, eh, just bump it up by one and then put that out and then bump it back down next week. And, and so you end up with no, these... That's why there's a very small... Uh, where there should be a peak, there is no peak. Yeah. That's right at zero change. Yeah. So... Uh, so this has been another digression, if you will, but especially in light of, um, you know, sort of the data science that goes into combining these polls and being able to like look at patterns in data and try to figure out if something funny is going on. And also because I'm just a random number junkie and I get really excited <laughs> about learning about stuff like this. I thought it was really cool. Um, and uh, thank you for indulging me in this coin flipping exercise. Well, I, I have learned from this to not try to falsify data because humans are just very bad at it, and it's actually really hard if yeah. you ever wanted to try to do that. Yeah, if someone were to, I mean, it's it's always a little bit of a risk. You have to know what to look for in these mm -hmm. distributions, um, but uh, yeah, you shouldn't expect to get away with it. Unless you're a robot like me, because I got away with it. Linear Digressions is a podcast about data science and machine learning, produced and recorded in the studios of Udacity, a company dedicated to education. We've got some awesome courses made by people like Katie and me in data science and other tech fields. We should also remind you that all views expressed during this program were those of the speakers and not of Udacity. This is a Creative Commons endeavor, which means you can share it any way you like. Just tell them we said hi. To find out more about this or any other episode of Linear Digressions, go to LinearDigressions.com. And if you don't mind, leave us a review on iTunes so other people get to listen to this content too. Thank you for being here. And we'll see you next time.